Welcome to Highlands Church Audio Sermons. Today, August 15th, 2021, we bring you a special sermon by Pastor Thomas Slager titled, The Vision, Help Families Grow. Enjoy. We are on week two of our series on vision. Where is Highlands going as a church? What do we want to see Highlands Church become? Someone asked me this last week, this question. They said, what's vision? Like, why are y'all always talking about vision? What's the big deal with vision? Well, simply, vision is just sight, Right? But when we're talking about vision, we're actually talking about foresight, right? Like looking forward and seeing who we want to become. It's looking into the future, finding that preferred future, and then trying to go out and get it. And we do this with big things, and we do this with small things all throughout life. Big things, small things. A small thing could be golf. Maybe for you, that's a really big thing. Um, a very wise man once told me, if you don't make a living with your sticks, then stick to what makes your living. Um, and I have heeded that counsel very well. Um, but maybe it's golf, right? And you're like, man, this next year, this is the year I'm, I'm gonna be a single digit handicapper and that's what I wanna see in my life. Or maybe it's uh, your health. This is the year. Like my preferred future is a healthier me. Five, 10, 15 years down the road, it's a healthier me. Maybe it's school this year. This is the year. I'm gonna get straight A's, or this is the year I'm going to get into that school of my dreams, or this is the year I'm actually gonna go out and pursue that graduate thing, or, or whatever. I mean, you set this goal and you see this vision for yourself. That is the preferred future that you're looking for. And we do this in all sorts of ways. So do this with me. Close your eyes real quick and picture your own life five, 10, 15 years down the road, something you'd like to see, a preferred future for you. Do you have it? All right, look at me. What are you gonna do about it? Right? Like if it's just something we look at but we never actually change, <laughs> it's just wishful thinking and hope is not a good strategy. We've gotta do something about it. So if vision is a preferred future, that preferred future has to impact our present reality. Preferred future, which impacts present reality. That's what a good vision really is. So maybe it's the game of golf. You're trying to become a single-digit handicapper. Well, you better make sure you're using the right stuff. You better make sure you're not just going out and playing occasionally, but actually hit the range and work on your game a little bit. If it's your health, man, a better, healthier me, 5, 10, 15, better, healthier me. Well, you gotta do something. It's probably gonna involve some type of dietary thing and some type of exercise regime or, or, or something different than we're currently doing, or if it's school, getting straight A's, you're going to have to do something about that. You might need to change your study habits. You might need to adjust your weekly schedule, but if vision is a preferred future, we have to do something about it. It has to be a preferred future that actually impacts our present reality. So at Highlands, this is what we've done with vision. We've closed our eyes and dreamt up what do we want Highlands to look like 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. Last week, we talked about next steps. Why next steps? Because when we picture the family of Highlands, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, we see a community of believers who are dedicated to growing in their faith. That's what we see. That's what we want Highlands to become. We want to see a church that's dedicated to taking their next step of faith, growing with Jesus each and every day of their life. So that preferred future has to affect now. So what do we do? We're constantly encouraging people, man, what's your next step? We're trying to develop this habit, this healthy habit of people who are constantly growing and pursuing Jesus in their life. Last week we passed out um, these next step cards and there's probably still a few in the seat back in front of you. So if last week you're like, man, I should take my next step and you're like, ah, I don't know if it's the right time for that. Can I just encourage you? It's the right time for that. 
It's the right time for that. So if you didn't check a box on one of those cards last week, you should probably check a box on one of those cards this week because God wants us to grow. We're supposed to be sanctified. We're supposed to be growing throughout our Christian life. So that's next steps. This morning, we're talking about family. Families, when we close our eyes and picture the families of Highlands five, 10, 15 years down the road, what do we see? We see husbands and wives committed to loving each other like Jesus loved the church. We see marriages that live out the gospel in their community and through that people see Jesus. We see families who are committed to influencing people in their community with the gospel of Jesus. We see obedient children, amen. Why? Because that pleases the Lord. That's what the scriptures say. We'll cover that in a minute. Children, obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. We see families who are growing together in faith. We see families who are maximizing the time they have together to do this thing called family discipleship. If that's the preferred future and hope's a bad strategy, then what do we do about it? A preferred future has to impact present reality, so what do we do? Man, we are just trying to help families grow, and, and we're gonna get to that momentarily on how Highlands intends on doing that with all the families who are um, a part of Highlands here. So uh, this morning, let me kind of tell you where we're going. The first thing we're gonna do is look at what's God's plan for the family. Um, and to do that in one message, in half of one message, is like trying to cram the ocean into a beach bucket. It's impossible. So what we're gonna do this morning is cover like high overview, and you might be like, wait, Thomas, marriage exists for more than just that. You're probably right. And wait, Thomas, but parents and my kids, our relationship exists for more than that. Yes, you're right. And then, yeah, you're probably right, but we're going super simplified. What's the family exist for? So let me tell you briefly what the family exists for, what God's plan for family is, and then I'll pray for us and we'll hop into that first part. The Bible says God created the family to disciple followers of Jesus, to love God, to love people, and make disciples all for the glory of God. Sounds simple and easy enough, right? Uh, let's pray and ask for God's help and then we'll dive into it. God, thanks so much for uh, creating families. God, thank you for um, giving us a community of people where we can grow with, where we can fail with, where we can receive forgiveness, where we can give forgiveness, where we can model the gospel. God, family is fun and family is hard. So this morning we ask for your grace as we try to align our plan for family with what your plan for our family originally was. God, all this is for your glory and your glory alone. In Christ's name we pray, amen. That statement, God created the family to disciple followers of Jesus, to love God, love people, and make disciples all for the glory of God is that first part of your outline with point one being God created the family. God created the family. This isn't just something that happened. This isn't just something we made up. This is actually God's design. Genesis chapter one, verses 27 and 28 say this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on earth. Genesis 2, 24 and 25 Say this, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh and the man and his wife were both naked 
and we're not ashamed. God is the creator and the designer of the family, and as the creator of the creation, the creator gets to call the shots what his creation is intended for. Now I know when it comes to the biblical definition of family, uh, it's a definition that's been eroding for like centuries, that's not new to, to God's design for family, it's been happening since the first one. I mean, the two brothers weren't supposed to kill each other, but the first family, one guy killed the other guy. Like it's been dysfunctional since the very beginning. So it shouldn't come at a shock to us that the thing God designed since the beginning, the family, has been under attack for so long. Uh, And Highlands being committed to being a Bible-based church, we're going to picture and base all of everything we believe and everything we do based upon what the scriptures say. And while that's certainly not a popular opinion, um, we're not totally concerned with being popular. Um, We are concerned with being biblical and following God and everything he says. So... Um, and I know, I don't want to be insensitive, and, and um, we believe as Jesus followers, much like Jesus, we should love everyone. There's no excuse to that. We should love everyone, but does not mean we have to condone, endorse, and support every single decision someone makes. Okay, so what is family? Family is this. God designed it to be a man and a woman and kids. Uh, and I know when we talk about kids, those can come through natural childbirth, those can come through adoption, those can come through fostering, whatever it might be, this is the picture God has designed for family. So what does the family exist for? What do husbands, wives, and children, what do they do? The family exists to disciple followers of Jesus, to disciple followers of Jesus. Now our families are all unique, but regardless of what our family looks like, your family might look like a blended family, a single parenting family, a special needs Family, you might have adopted children, foster children, young children, no children, or grandchildren. Regardless of what our family looks like, it exists to be the primary environment for discipleship. It exists to be the primary environment for discipleship. And and yes, the church, like coming and gathering and being a part of church is incredibly important, but when it comes to God's design, the family is meant to be the primary place for discipleship. Now, the immediate family consists of several key roles, and that's what I want to touch on. Aunts, uncles, grandparents, everyone's important. Everyone's important. It takes a village if we're going to disciple people the way that God intended us to disciple people. But this morning, I want to touch briefly, very briefly, on three roles. The role of the spouse, the role of parents, and the role of children. The role of a spouse in a marriage, simply put, again, simply put, is to point their spouse towards Jesus. It's discipleship. It's to point their spouse towards Jesus. First Peter chapter three, uh, let me read just verses one and two. It says this, likewise wives be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, so even if they don't follow Jesus, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. A wife is meant to point her husband towards Christ. That's what, that's, that's what we're for. Ephesians chapter five, verses 25 and 28. What's a husband supposed to do? It says, husbands, love love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. It's a role of sacrificially um, laying your life down and pointing your wife towards Jesus, that he might sanctify her. This is what Christ has done to the church, and this is what husbands ought to do for their wives. They ought to pursue sanctification for them. They they ought to pursue cleansing by the word for them. This is what the, the marriage relationship exists for, that we would constantly point our spouse towards Jesus. What about the parent's role? Let me say this about parenting. This is the most life-giving, joyful, fun, exciting thing I've ever done. 
Simultaneously, it is the most frustrating, draining, exhausting, craziest thing I've ever done in my life. Yet this is what God has called us to. And if you're a parent, you understand and you recognize that. How can I love something so much and at the same time have it just drive me so crazy? I don't know, but this is what God has called us to. What's the role of parents simplified? Is to teach our kids about Jesus. Is to point them to Jesus. Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four through nine. Um, this is commonly referred to as, it's the, the Hebrew Shema. This is a prayer that they'd pray three times a day uh, all throughout the day. It said this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. We were just singing about this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Okay, let's pause for a second. Whose heart are these words supposed to be on? Everyone say, mine. That's where it starts. Okay, when I say mine, I meant yours. So don't be like, your heart, Thomas. All of our hearts. This is the command, that these words, love God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, would be written on our hearts. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Then and only then can we do the next thing. Right, you can't pour from an empty cup. You gotta fill yourself up with this so that you can pour it out in the lives of the people God intended. Verse seven says this, you shall teach them diligently to your children. Now what's diligence? That's like, don't stop. It's perseverance. It's yes, it's hard. Keep on going. No, they might not get it the first time. Keep on trying. Yes, it's kind of weird to talk about Jesus sometimes. Maybe you feel like, I don't know if I have the right words. Diligently, we keep pressing on, we keep pressing forward, we keep. It says, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. Um, How many of you do some type of family dinner? How many of you ever sit down with anyone in your family? How many of you are ever sitting down? Okay, (laughs) when you're sitting, teach them. Family dinner, man, that's a great time. Grandparents, maybe you don't get to have family dinner with your grandkids all the time. When you do have them, sit down with them. Just talk about them. Just talk about Jesus when you sit with them. We do a thing over dinner time in our house called Rose and Thorn. It's your high and low for the day, and then our goal is to attach it to Jesus somehow. What was your rose? My rose was I scored a touchdown at recess. Well, praise God. Isn't that cool that God... Uh, let's you let you play football and uh, or Audrey, what's your rose? I saw a butterfly. Okay, who made that butterfly? God. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. We are doing discipleship. We are talking about who God is just while we're sitting around the table. And when you walk by the way, maybe you're in a car um, with your family and, and you hear a siren, something great to do with your kids is just stop and say, hey, let's pray for them real quick. Let's just pray and, and see about what's going on or Um, As you're driving down Scottsdale Road and you see the guy still selling all the flags, that's a great conversation started with your kids. What's that four-letter word, Dad? Well, great, now we get to have a conversation. There are things all around us as we're just along the way that could usher in great Jesus-centered conversations. Also, when you lie down, maybe bedtime, and when you rise, maybe when you wake up, that's a great time to have a conversation in your family. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets, it's his vision, frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house. 
and on your gates. That's something Christians take literally. We put Bible verses on everything, which is a good thing, I guess. God's role for parents is to diligently instruct our kids. We are to point our kids towards Jesus. What about children? What's the role of children in the home? The role of children simplified is obedience. Why? Because it pleases Jesus. You see how this whole thing's about Jesus? It all just goes right back to Jesus. It all points right back to Jesus. Colossians chapter three, verse 20 says, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Now, um, parents, we shouldn't be like power-hungry dictators in the home. Um, We shouldn't be demanding their obedience because we're just mean and we're rude. We should be teaching our children and our grandchildren and even your grown children the things of the Lord. Okay, and when children obey them, that pleases the Lord. Why? Because discipleship in the home is happening. Spouse, point your spouse to Jesus. Parents, point your kids to Jesus. Children, allow your parents to point you to Jesus. This is what the family exists for. The family exists for discipleship. We are discipling our families. What are we discipling them towards? Because everyone's being discipled in some type of direction, what are we discipling them towards? That's the third thing. We're discipling our family to love God, to love people, and make disciples. Well, isn't that just the mission of the church? Yes, and we are the church. The church isn't brick and mortar. The church isn't a building. We have a church, this is like our home. This is like our gathering place where we get together. But if you want to find Highlands Church, they're here on Sunday, and the rest of the week, they're all over the valley. And the mission of the church, according to Jesus, uh, Matthew chapter 22, he says this. um, Let's start from verse 37. He said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second's like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love people. What's the purpose? What's the church supposed to do? The church exists to love God and love people. And he says, and a second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Everything in the Old Testament summed up in those two things. Love God, love people. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them again. As soon as service in here is over, make sure you go outside. It's gonna be a party watching people profess their faith in Jesus. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that, that's obedience. Teach them to obey all that I have commanded you and behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. The mission for the church is the mission for the family. We are discipling our families towards loving God, loving people, and making more disciples. The fourth thing, why do we do this? We do it all for the glory of God. This is the purpose of everything. It's the purpose of everything. Everything exists for the glory of God. Um, Doctrinally, this is known as the chief end of man. And the chief end of man, the purpose of everything is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Others would say glorify God by enjoying him forever. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31 says, so whatever you eat or drink, or whatever you do, which that's pretty all-inclusive, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Leading a family, that counts as a whatever you do. Why do we disciple our families? We disciple our families for the glory of God. It pleases him. It's worship to him when we disciple our families. Colossians 3, 23, whatever you do, I love that he includes these things, just whatever, Think, you got something, think, yeah, do that too. Whatever you do, work heartily, diligently, 
as hard as you can. Give it your best shot. Give it all that you got. Whatever you do, work heartily for who? As for the Lord and not for men. Why do we lead our family towards Jesus? It's not so, man, look what I did. I led my family towards Christ. It's for the glory of God. He's honored, he's worshiped, he's praised when we disciple our family the way he's asked us to disciple them. God created the family to disciple followers of Jesus, to love God, to love people, and make disciples all for the glory of God. Parents, it starts with us. Spouses, it starts with us. We set the tone and the trajectory for family discipleship in our home. Someday, I, I, I hope when my children are grown, there's a verse in 3 John, um, there's one chapter, so it's in verse four. John says, there's, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking with the Lord. Someday, I hope and pray that I'll be able to look back on my life and see my children walking with Jesus. Now, I know for some of you, um, that verse is hard. Right, because you felt like you did the right things. And you probably did. Man, kids were in church. We did Bible study as a family. We did it as we sat down and as we walked and as we laid down and as we rose. Like we taught our kid about Jesus. We, and we had them in the youth camps. So they were in VBX since they were like 19 days old because mom was serving at VBX. Like you can't get more of a Christian kid than that. Like they had McGee and me shirts. They watched Vegeta. Like they did all the stuff. I raised up my child in the way they were meant to go with the intention of me looking back on them and seeing my children walking with the Lord. And when I look at the life of my children, maybe you just think, man, what happened? Maybe you've got grown children who've walked away from the faith. Maybe you've got grown children just struggling through the same stuff they've been struggling with for a long time. Maybe every time we try to reach out to them and love them with the gospel, it's just like a wall goes up. There's a story in Luke chapter 15. Um, we refer to it as the prodigal son. And in this story, um, the son leaves home and just goes and lives this crazy, reckless life, just this totally worldly lifestyle. And once he hits rock bottom and realizes, man, where do I go? You know where he goes? He goes back home. And in this story, there's this father who's waiting on the porch with his arms wide open, just saying, come home, come home. That's your situation. If you feel like, man, I've, I, I raised a kid in the right way. And maybe this morning you're like, you know what? I, maybe I didn't do everything right. Can I let you know, it's, it's not on you. Okay, that's on Jesus. That's on your children deciding whether or not they want to follow him. But let me encourage you, if that's your story, play the role of that loving father in Luke 15. Have your arms wide open when they come home and when they come to you, love them with the love of Jesus. The story's not over yet. There's still time, okay? That's our preferred future. Our preferred future is a, is a family that's committed to following Jesus, a family that's committed to loving God, loving people, and making disciples all for the glory of God. When we look 5, 10, 15 years down the road, that is the Highlands Church we want to see. We can't just hope for it, because hope's a bad strategy, so what do we do? Preferred future has to impact present reality. So our vision at Highlands is to help families grow in faith together. And that grow, G-R-O-W, means something to us. It's an acrostic, and it's also on your smartphone app, on your notes. 
What's the G? The G is gather. And our goal and our, and our, and our, our plan to help families grow together in, in faith, it, it involves gathering. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. To love and good works. Loving God, loving people and good works. Making disciples, obediently following Jesus, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Our goal is to gather people. Not just the kids and not just the adults. We want everyone to have their gathering because we want people growing individually so collectively they can also grow as a family. So, uh, man, if you're a mom and a dad and you've got kids, we have a great kids program for your kids. And it is age and stage appropriate, relevant, it's safe. It's a place they can come and learn and, and explore how great our God really is. If you've got a student, we have student programming Wednesday evenings. It's, again, age and stage specific to help them go through the stuff that's going on all around them in the world. Mom, if you're a stay-at-home mom, we are restarting mom's group just in like less than a month and we're relaunching every Tuesday morning. There's a place for you to come where your heart can be ministered to and you can be cared for so you can grow. Women, Pam's got crazy groups all over the place, okay? We're doing... 19-year chronological Bible studies and in-depth. I'm pretty sure next year she's teaching all the ladies Greek. Like, I'm not sure what's going on there, um, but there's amazing things happening with women. Men, there's a group every, every day of the week where you can hop in and be discipled and deal with guy-specific stuff in a group of guys. Couples, we have groups for you. If you've got kids and you're like, what do I do with my kids? We're gonna help with that. Okay, we have like a massive budget to offset childcare costs so mom and dad can be involved in small group. So you can grow together as well. Grandparents, maybe you're 60s plus. We have this uh, social spirits thing that's going on and it's just a gathering of people who are 60s plus and, and you get plugged into a small group, great community, why? So you also can grow. We wanna gather people so individually they can grow, which means collectively the family can grow as well. We want everyone to grow so we gather. The second thing, we resource. Resource, Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 and 12 says this, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. I don't think there's more important ministry than the ministry that happens in family. So we wanna equip you, we wanna help you, we wanna come alongside you, not just be like, this is hard, good luck. We want to equip you and resource you and help you and pray with you and be there for you. And there's a lot of different ways that looks. One really good way that looks is just the staff team that's here. We are a resource to you. We'll help with anything. We'll talk with you about anything. If you're a grandparent and you're trying to bridge the gap with your grandkids, trying to figure out what's the best way to do this, let me encourage you. Reach out to one of our grandpa pastors. Um, They don't specifically like being called grandpa pastors, um, but they are grandpas and, and they will help you navigate what that looks like. Right Now Media, if you don't have Right Now Media, head out to Info Central afterwards and be like, what's this Right Now Media thing? Right Now Media is like Netflix for Christian Bible study. There's stuff all over the place on that resource, including kids-specific like theology training for your children. It's a great resource that we can work through with our kids. Uh, We just got a bunch of these age-specific phase cards. Uh, Parents, if you've got a child, one through um, like a young adult, I'd encourage you, if you have a young kid, go to the kids' building afterwards and pick one of these up. 
um, for every age of your kid. I've got four kids. I have a one-year-old. And what's helpful, also helpful is that these remind me how old my kids are when I forget. So um, I have a one-year-old, a kindergartner, a second grader, and a third grader. And these just tell me, man, what's going on in their little brain and their little heart this year? As they're going into third grade for the first time, this lets me know some unique challenges they're facing for the first time and helps me come alongside them as a parent and disciple them towards Jesus. Parents, pick one of these up this morning before you leave. Um, We have different resource racks from here on out. We're gonna put the best resources that we are implementing in our own families that you can start using in your families as well. If you have a student, those are gonna live right outside the Student Connect Point on Sundays. Um, And if you're here on Wednesday, that might be outside the Student Center. If you have a child and kids ministry in the kids building, those resource racks are gonna live um, eventually on some resource racks that will roll outside the building for this morning. All of these cards are probably gonna be on a table along uh, one of the aisles in the kids building. So make sure you grab some of this. If you have a special needs child, we have a special needs parent support group that meets once a month on a Sunday morning to help resource you, equip you, love you, and just care for you and help you um, navigate the unique challenges that you're facing as a parent. That's resourcing, equipping saints for the work of the ministry because family is the most important ministry. Uh, The third thing is ownership. You're familiar with the story in Joshua 24. I want to fast forward to verse 25. Uh, he says this, and it is, if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your father serve in the house, uh, in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Essentially, he's calling them to make a decision. Decide today what your family's going to do. Okay, we can either continue on in the direction your family's always headed, You can either continue on in the direction of mom or the direction of dad, whatever thing they were doing if it was outside of Jesus. But the end of verse 25, he makes this statement, he makes this resolve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is the type of ownership all of us need to have in our family, regardless of the role that we play. Grandparents, own your role. Own it. Parents, own your role. Don't just pawn it off to someone else. Okay, my kids are pretty involved at the church, and you know what pretty involved looks like? One hour a week. Okay, they're in sports more than that. They're in school more than that. They play Rocket League more than that. They're being discipled by other things, not just the church. So if I'm gonna disciple them and point them towards Jesus, this is something I have to own in my house. Parents, we need to have the resolve that says, as for me and my house, regardless of what's going on in this world, regardless of what happened in my family of origin, regardless of where I came from, as for me and my house, we're serving the Lord, amen? Parents, let's own it. That's ownership, that's the O. And the fourth and final thing, the W is word. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says this, all scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. God's word is the foundation. Highlands Church is a Bible church. When we close our eyes and think 20 years down the road, we'll still be a Bible church. Close our eyes, fast forward, by the grace of God, 30 years down the road. Hopefully Jesus comes back by then. But if that's not the case, we're still gonna be a Bible church. And what we want to build, we want to build families that are Bible-based families. So the word has to be the foundation of it all. Mom and dad, let the word of God rule in your home. When we close our eyes and picture families five, 10, 15 years down the road, we see growing families.
you close your eyes and picture your own family five, 10, 15 years down the road, what do you see? What's the preferred future? Do you see a family that knows, loves, and follows Jesus? If that's the preferred future, that has to impact our present reality. We have to do something about it. Maybe this, this morning you're thinking like, ah, it's too early. It's too early. We're just starting to have the kids' conversation. It's not too early. Start now. Start talking about Jesus as a couple now. Kids aren't gonna make that easy, trust me. Start doing it now. Start doing family discipleship now. Maybe you're single and you're like, man, this is too early. I don't gotta think about discipleship. Are you involved in discipleship? Is someone pouring into you? Are you pouring into someone else? This is the life that God has called all of us into. Family's just another place we get to do it. Maybe you think it's too early. Maybe you think it's too late. You're wrong in both situations. It's never too early. It's never too late. Let's disciple our families now to the glory of God, amen? I'm gonna invite the band out um, as I pray. As I mentioned earlier, there's things we can vision that are really big and there's things we can vision um, that are really small. What the game of golf has taught me is that vision isn't everything. Sometimes my vision is perfect and it just does not happen. Okay, this is why we need God's grace in our house. This is why we need God's grace in our marriage relationship, in our parenting relationships, in our grandparent to grandchildren's relationship. We need grace. So let's go and ask God for his grace now. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your grace. God, thank you for not withholding forgiveness from us. Thank you for not withholding help from us. God, the things that you have called us to do for your glory are also the things that you have um, said you'd help us with. So God, we ask this morning that you would help our families do this. That our families would disciple followers of Jesus to love God, to love people, and to make disciples all for the glory of God. God, thanks for being the perfect picture of a parent to us. Help us be like you in the way we treat our spouse, help us be like you in the way that we treat our children, help us be like you in the way we treat our grandchildren, that we disciple them in the knowledge of who Jesus is and that they grow in his grace day after day after day. God, thank you for inviting us uh, on this most fun, most frustrating adventure called family. Would you give us your help? Would you give us your grace? All for your glory and your glory alone. And all God's people said, Amen.